<laughs> you can't count on count when I'm counting. We can't count simultaneously. <laughs> Wait, I'll Sorry. count. Because there's a delay. And so what I hear is myself going five, five four, three, and then four. you start going five, four, what three. Do they I'm have this three. problem with Apollo 11? I think so. I think, <laughs> I think that's why it didn't work out for them. Yeah, it was like everybody was Houston, on different we radio. Houston we, ha- Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. The problem yeah. was the, the radio lines, yeah. There's a delay. That's what I figured. Okay, here we go. Cold open. Listen, sister, I don't dance. I can't take time out now to learn. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Bye. We're more like treasure protectors. Three scruffy looking. They're gonna hate us at the beginning, but we'll get them in the end. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight for a very special late night edition of the show is the one and only Sean Mackey. Sean, what is up? We're recording late. This is late night with with the pod guys. Stephen Colbert can't hold a candle no. to lose concept. They're recording late on a Thursday night. We're taking over in 10 years. Watch out. Watch out, yeah. Jimmy. All the Jimmys. <laughs> All the Jimmys. <laughs> 10 years. You hear him chuckling in the background. That's right. Our other host, the one and only Rudy Rudolph. Rudy, what's up? 10 years is kind of a long time. I really I hope we're uh, on late night TV, each having our own separate shows. <laughs> And then we all invite each other on, and we have megasodes, you know? Yeah. I call uh, within CBS. five years. Yeah. I think uh, we got to speed that up a little bit. You can't, is CBS the good one? I think NBC's the good one. I Which one was Letterman on? That's the one I'm trying to be on. I think he was on OWN. <laughs> Dude, I want to get on that late night Mag- Magnolia network for real. <laughs> if, if we're not on the late, late night, night TV on Magnolia network with Johnny Swim and Magnolia network? Chip and JoJo. That's what I'm trying to get I on. I think we should throw it to some. We should throw it to some public access, you know? Like, start late night on public access. Do they still do that PBS? nowadays? No, or like, you just, like, they, they open up the the uh, the interwaves to whoever wants <laughs> to blast it. shoot. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what we're doing now. We're just not famous for doing yes, it. Yes, not famous yet. <laughs> if we're not famous in 10 years, something has gone seriously wrong. <laughs> we're doing this all, all wrong. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I am only in this to become famous. So if I don't become famous, I was actually thinking about this the other day, though. I was like, is there something much, is there anything worse than being famous for being a podcaster? I couldn't think of anything. Like you could be infamous for something. YouTube star, maybe? I just feel like it's, yeah, maybe YouTube star or be like. No, TikToker. That's bad. I just feel like podcaster is, is on par with like one of those like red carpet interviews or interviewers for like Entertainment Tonight or something. <laughs> you don't you're not actually part of the action, you just talk about the action. You're just a C list celebrity that a certain yeah, subreddit you know? knows about. <laughs> yeah. Maybe at some point we can roll this over into actually being in a movie. I just want to get Reddit famous. Dude, that's such a good point though. Like the uh the commentators on the people that are actually doing something, like I was thinking about it because, like, when I worked in my last job for the the newspaper, it was like we. I always felt like everyone was, their whole jobs were writing about other people doing stuff, right? But then the other people that are doing stuff are like the lawmakers, and like they're not really doing anything either. 
the only people that are actually doing <laughs> stuff, the only people that are actually doing stuff are the guys who are like plumbers and electricians and you know factory workers. Like, and we at Loose oh, Concept tip our hats to the uh, blue collar Americans. Blue yeah, collar. We're, this is a blue collar pod. Yeah, many people say that about uh, Loose Concept. It's the most blue collar podcast yeah. on the internet. It's been going around. We're almost exclusively listened to in F-150s and Chevy Silverados mm-hmm. and Ram 1500s. Ram tough. Lose concept. The number one podcast of Ford F-150s. <laughs> I think that has a ring to it. Yeah. Not the That Raptors. being said, though, I mean, uh, Universal, MGM, any of these studios, give your boy a call if you're looking to uh, cast a movie star. <laughs> yes. I'm down. Sign me up. You need some a face talent. Made for, a face made for podcasting. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what my mom says. Speaking of uh, speaking of Universal, uh, what do you guys think about this uh, news regarding the Trolls World Tour oh my movie? <laughs> Who knew? Making over a hundred million dollars, hundred mil for a movie that I don't know a single person who watched it. I don't know about you guys. Then again, I don't have any small children, so it's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the demo. Yeah, I did not put it in on for the kids. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I saw that headline too in the Wall Street Journal um, about uh, the on-demand amounts were just astronomical. It seemed for a kids movie that's not even in theaters. It is one of those things though where you kind of wonder: is like, is this just the studio inflating the numbers to make this sound like it's better than it is? Yeah, they said you know, it was like, upwards of $100 million in like three weeks, which seems just insane. Yeah. yeah. We know people share like Who's, stuff. Like somebody on like a Facebook moms <laughs> group is definitely si- si- sharing that rental to like three or four different families. Oh, so you think more people than that have seen it. Oh, yeah. You think if people were actually paying for it, that number would be even higher. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking at least twice as much. You think somebody... Shares that <laughs> code at least once. It's but, all moms, though. Moms every, aren't able to do that. They don't true. know how to do that. So that number, well, the kids do it on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, I think what actually happened was moms, like there's 100 moms who had to buy it five times accidentally because they couldn't figure <laughs> out how to, how to watch it. So that's where the inflation comes from. Hey, oh, wow. careful, careful we're what pro, you're saying We're there. pro-moms podcast. Is a podcast. <laughs> we are for the moms. <laughs> this concept is yeah. pro-moms. I just, I just love the, uh, the headline, like, Trolls takes down movie theater industry. It's like, <laughs> who would have thought? Well, that's the uh, the flip side of this. Then is I guess the president of Universal came out saying that you know they're going to be looking to do release all these movies both in theaters and on demand moving forward. Which they, I mean, wow. obviously have the Fast and Furious franchise and all these different franchises that they uh, are that they create and own the copyright to so them putting them not only in theaters but also on demand immediately would be a big blow for the theater so then as a result there's been sort of this um game of chicken going on today with the 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 movie theaters are saying you know we're not going to show universal uh pictures in our theaters if they're not going to if they're not gonna if they're gonna release them on demand as well so now the question is like who's gonna who's gonna flinch first, the movie theaters or it's like a game of chicken? Yeah, or Universal, who actually owns the the content. So it's just like a really weird 
weird situation. I feel like Universal's going to have to I mean, back down. At the end of the day, they own the movies, though. So, like, they could show it in half the movie theaters and on demand. And if on demand is successful, as successful as they've been saying, then they really have nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. But Regal, Regal said that, too, and AMC. So that's, like, the majority of the theaters, so... Yeah. I mean, and and the theaters are still showing Marvel movies and um, Paramount Pictures. I don't know. You know, you know we'll what we need. What we happens. need a company to come along to create some sort of credit card system that where you pay ten dollars a month and you can see as many movies as you want. Right? Oh. Almost like you, like a type of a deal where it'd be like a pass to see as yeah. many movies. Yes, maybe some they could sort call of it pass. something like movie movie. Movie tickets, movie movie pass, maybe movies to go, movies for now. Movie, pa- movie pass. I think you're onto something there. Movie Whoa, pass. Oh, let's that start, like let's start a company a that does that. Anyway, ten dollars a month, you can see anything you want. I had a bad experience. <laughs> too good to be true. Too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to the movie pass guys, wherever they, they are now. I feel like I put movie pass out of business. I think I saw like 60 or 70 movies with movie pass. It was all the jerks. I, w- I want to round up the jerks who bought movie pass. They went out and bought tickets and they wouldn't even go see the movies. Oh, I didn't do they that. They were just like, yes, they, there was like, I remember watching an interview with the host, like the founder of movie pass, who was an ex Netflix guy. And he was saying, yeah, you know, it's something like 13% of users is are responsible for 70% of cost. Yeah. So oh, it's like wow. if you just yeah. if you, if they just said like we're not using, you know, if we're cutting off those 13%, you know, they could have been they liable. Sa- they would have saved their business. Yeah, a little bit of a soft point. It's the story of mankind right there, you know, a couple a few people ruin it for everybody. I feel like this on-demand thing might work for like kind of mid-major um movies that might not do extremely well in theaters, but you know they're not really made for the theaters um but i still think yeah. the blockbusters have to maybe it's just gonna happen with kids movies where parents don't want to take their kid to the theater just because it's a hassle so they just have like a movie party yeah. for their kids and rent a movie and you know they do that for the different uh i don't know summer uh children box office hits yeah but i, I point, really don't think our generation's gonna all gather around a tv in the living room to watch Jurassic World, where it's just a huge, supposed to be seen in the theaters or like. A think about how like a, how accessible yeah. like you know projectors are now, and like you know they're getting such high quality for such small cost. You could get a projector and set it up in your basement or whatever, and have if you go stream the newest movies. I feel like I'd be down for that. I think yeah. I think the math would have to change for me a little bit because I mean you got to pay obviously, less. Obviously, as a single guy, I can go see a movie for for you know at most 15 bucks in the theater but if i gotta pay 20 bucks just to watch it at home i'd rather just drive to the movie theater and save myself the five dollars and have more of an and have more of an experience rather than just watching it where you can watch anything else yeah i mean as as nice unless you're unless you're very wealthy and have like a very nice home theater system, seeing it in a movie theater is still like the best. It's worth it. It's know? worth the premium, even if it's know. more money. I guess we'll see. It's good. We're, I mean, really everything in life at this point is sort of venturing out into the, the um, great wide open, the great unknown beyond this point. But um, I just have a hard time believing that movie theaters are going to go away completely because no, I yeah. think there's still too much, too much to offer for 
the experience as a whole. I was just gonna say there's gonna be so much pent up demand to like get out of your house. No one's I don't think anyone's yeah. gonna wanna stay and watch a movie inside for the next like five yeah. years at least. It's an event, it's a thing to do, it's a place to go, it's a you know, it's a date activity. Yeah. I just think there's there's too much that they can offer, but We'll see. We'll we could see. be looking, you know, ten years from now when we're on, our, we're all on our late night hosting gigs. We could be looking back <laughs> on these, 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 these podcasts could leak to the public, and they could be like, "Wow, listen to how bad all three of those major late night hosts' <laughs> takes were." <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, they knew absolutely the nothing about the future into the history. Speaking of history, we're gonna uh, <laughs> digest a semi historical trailer. Or historical in the sense that it uh, it has history in the title. We're talking the true history of the Kelly Gang. So Ooh. I'm gonna lay, uh, let Sh- I'm gonna let Sean lead the way on this one. He's the one that uh, brought this movie trailer to our attention. I lobbied heavily Sean, for this. What, yeah, yes, you did. What caught your eye about the true history of the the Kelly Gang? It just it looked just brutal. Like I don't know. I just was drawn to it. I don't know if it's the sort of Irish na- nature of it. I don't even know if it's in Ireland. I think it's in Ireland. Um, it's Australian. It's Aust- is it Australian? Okay. I knew Russell Crowe yeah. was in it. I don't know very much about this movie, but I watched Australia's it today. Australia's kind of like the Ireland of the Pacific Ocean, though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's where uh, the United Kingdom um, sent a lot of the, the bad people. So you just have some, yeah. some rough around the edges, guys. Um it's headlined by George Mackey, uh, Russell Crowe, Nicholas Holt. Charlie Hunnam is like maybe in a mi- uh, five seconds of the trailer, so you know. He's going to probably make some kind of revealing um, take on this movie, just because I feel like they don't really want you to know that he's in it. Um, but yeah, it just looks good. It, it, it looks like the movie Lawless. A little bit, but like in Australia. So this George Mackey or George McKay is the guy, the main character in 1917. So this is the second movie that he'll be in, sort of major motion picture. Um, He's he's a rising star. This doesn't look this this doesn't look good. (laughs) It looks just like pure garbage. What? Generally, I go for garbage uh, movies too, but this is like artsy garbage, and I kind of draw the line at artsy garbage. It's Ugh, artsy Sean. garbage. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I kind of yeah. agree with Elijah on that one. I feel like it's just <laughs> it's a cluster, and it's just like you know, it's it's got all the it's got all of the vibe of that mother movie to me. Mother. Do you remember when that oh, that movie was comparison? And like that's one of those movies that was I've heard was so vile. Like I didn't even watch it because it was so vile. And not saying that this movie's gonna be like that, but just like the you know the quick cuts and the the freaky deaky. What's it called? And it's just I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he does have a George McKay. The the main actor does have quite the mullet though. I'm very. Pro mold. Yeah, I thought so I thought you Elijah at least book. at least take my side on this, but looks like I'm out I on res- an island. I respect the mullet. It has two things going for it. It has George McKay's mullet and uh, my guy Charlie Hunnam in it. But other yeah. than that, it's really not looking great. He's like half naked and bloody and screaming for like most of it, which <laughs> just doesn't really seem like a pleasant movie to me. Yeah, Russell Crowe's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> 
love that. It's like everyone goes in at once, and then it's just silence. <laughs> we got to straighten this out before we hit late night. Yeah. I'll go first. Russell Crowe's beard. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> it's it's something else. It's like a bird's he's reaching nest. Like a, he's looking very Kurt Russell-y in uh, yes, Hateful Eight. Yes. That's kind of the vibe he's giving off here. This So what I was going to say, it's an interesting thing. This is actually the second movie that I'm aware of that's about uh, Ned Kelly and the Kelly gang. Um, back in 2003, there was a... There is a movie called Ned Kelly with Heath Ledger and Orlando Bloom that was uh, based off of the same historical Australian figures. I haven't seen that one either, so I have nothing to go off of. I have no really bias against the uh, legend of Ned Kelly or the Kelly uh, family, but yeah, I just think feel like this ain't it. <laughs> okay, okay. It's not for me. I mean, but I, I respect you pulling a trailer for the week. We needed something. We needed this, Sean. Yeah, we needed this. It was good for the pod. It does say it does say in the, the Rotten pod. Tomatoes review that it, it's a its unusual approach won't be for all viewers. Here we go. But it does take Here a distinct go. postmodern look at Australia's past. So, postmodern. I'm a big, I'm a big history buff. So, anytime the word postmodern gets thrown around, I'm pretty much You're almost out. always yeah. out. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm on this pod. I bring Rudy a different is perspective. Only here for modern, not postmodern. Right? Like, mo- like isn't modern? Now I'm, I'm sounding like an idiot. This is this belongs on damage control, <laughs> but like modern, yes. like when you think of something as modern, like you look at a modern house. A modern house is like new and brand new and like almost futuristic. Postmodern after that, like you're into the future now. Like what is going on? It's creative, dude. <laughs> it's futuristic. It's weird because it's post, which is like after. You That's what I'm saying, dog. Yeah. It's confusing. That's art, though. It's often it's confusing. Art. <laughs> Speaking of damage, that's control. all I'll say about that. Yeah, look at it. We are just we are cruising. I'd like to point out to all the listeners how good we are with these transitions tonight. We are crushing it. With it's these eleven topic transitions. It's eleven twenty four Eastern Standard Time. This is what it, this is what it took to get the show smooth. We got to start recording after eleven. <laughs> then we're really we're really in our element. All the yeah. transitions hit. Anyway, damage control. <laughs> anything uh, Anything concerning from the last podcast that we feel needs to be addressed? Uh, well, I feel like I can't make an episode without making a somewhat <laughs> mild to medium inappropriate comment. <laughs> so I to, to, to my grandma who's listening, I, I'm sorry for the loose woman comment. <laughs> the, the loose woman t-shirt. Yeah, I don't want to stand by that i think that could bring us to I, I like using my damage controls like turning my negatives into positives i feel like that could uh lead us to some t-shirt creation um some loose yeah. concept tees and swag that could be coming so keep an eye out for that because everybody the you know our massive audience is definitely just chomping out the bit i've gotten so many calls saying when am i going to be able to get my hands on a loose concept tee i love i love having discussions about things we haven't actually discussed and outside of the pod on yeah, the pod this is literally what the a, pod is for well yeah this yeah is a brainstorming people, session you know people may not know this elijah rules this pod with an iron fist so like i have to say these comments while <laughs> he has to pretend to laugh at them so that he doesn't uh you know verbally abuse dictatorship me. yeah so we yeah. can get the ideas out to the fans exactly yeah 
Well, no, that's good. Thank you for apologizing for that. I was very offended. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call our T-shirt factory in Malaysia and tell them to stop the presses on our uh, loose loose women shirts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fans will have to wait just a little bit longer for those to start shipping out, unfortunately. Rudy put the clamps down on that one. Sean, do you have anything you regret from last episode? Not really. felt like it was... Yeah, I don't know. The fans can. I, the fans I can stand point by out. everything I said. Yeah. Wow. Okay, guys. You. Uh, I feel like Rudy sponsors the damage control uh, segment, <laughs> sponsored by Rudy Rudolph. <laughs> the family of Rudy Rudolph. Thank you for listening to Damage Control. The foundation of Rudy Rudolph. Rudy Rudolph. Well, it was originated from my first big gaffe in our first episode, Ooh, so I feel like that's fair. Speak of that one. All right. Well, I think it's about that time, boys. Insert drum roll sound effect. Hype horn here and here. Going crazy with the hype horns. We need a lot for this episode because this is a big one. Oh, yeah. This is a big one. This is a big one. The people have been asking for it. People have been chomping at the bit to hear this episode. We're talking National Treasure. Nicholas Cage, Sean Bean. Everybody, do your best movie movie trailer. In a world, in a world, in a world, in a world, one man will steal the Declaration of Independence and find true love. Another will buy and wear a Ferrari. black blazers with blue jeans, <laughs> and his collar sticking way out. Doesn't know what collar. That's right, are. ladies and gentlemen. We we are talking national treasure, the the famous, the um, incredible, some might say perfect, Nick Cage vehicle from two thousand and one. 2004. 2000 and early 2000s. <laughs> From 2004. I think. Guys, I think. We're going to Rudy first. Rudy, what's the best thing about National Treasure? The best thing. There are a lot of best things. In your eyes. In my eyes. Can I say 10 best things? Because this movie rocks and there are 10 best things. Um, mm. But no. Well, you can't. Otherwise, can't. we're gonna have to go back to going to Sean first. Yeah. One thing. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose this spot. I fought my whole career for this spot. Okay, the leadoff spot on the best thing Your segment. Entire of podcasting concept. career. Yeah. Uh, best thing about this delicious, delightful movie is Sean delicious. Bean. Okay. Ooh. The bad Ooh. guy, Ian Howe. He. Amen. He is just electric. His hair is perfect. His accent is mm. tight. His, mm. um, he's almost like, it's almost like he doesn't belong in this movie, like, because he's so, he's doing such a great job, he, like, belongs in a slightly more, even more serious and funny and goofy movie, if that's even possible. I just think he, he just he, kills it. He classes this movie up. Big time. Big time. For the record, he is not in the goofy movie. Uh, so, <laughs> did you check, did you, can, can affirm that? You checked yes. IMDb. 
He's not in any goofy movie. Not a single one. No. He's okay. only in serious movies because he elevates all movies. To I want. I want Sean, Sean Bean level of greatness. <laughs> I want Sean to do his uh, best of while I find reasons that he's wrong. Go ahead, Sean. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It's Eleven thirty now. Still really tired. Really, uh, <laughs> crushing it. Um, the best parts of the movie. I just I love the history component. I love Nick Cage just doing his best work. In a generation, <laughs> I feel like this is Nick Nick Cage's best movie by far. Ooh, hot take. Um, that is a hot take that I'm not going to disagree with. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I feel like this is the first movie I, as a kid, I like discovered Nick Nicholas Cage, and I'm not. Oh, on definitely. The, I'm not on the fanboy like like Elijah's, but I do respect you know <laughs> his work. Um, but yeah, I think Nick Cage. I I, I would also concur that um, Sean Bean. As Ian is just, he's a rock star. Um, and um, I, I kind of am pulling for Riley, too. I feel like he's hes uh, a core component. He, he provides a lot of these uh, comic relief elements. Um, kind mm-hmm. of the, 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 the Robin to Nicolas Cage's Batman, if, if you want to make Love that it. comparison. Um, but yeah, just good overall, great movie. Um just a you know all around good plot goes pretty 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 quick i i have a a section that i'll, I'll foreshadow later on of some some scenes i'll cut to, <laughs> to kind of bring down this uh this time from like two hours i felt like there were some times where it dragged, hey we're not getting the worst of yet yeah just a good movie Good movie, good movie. Good yeah, movie. I think I think best thing you have to go, Nick Cage. I mean, again, I yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. This is like the first movie where I, as a as a small child, became aware of the legend <laughs> of his off the wall acting. And you sort of, I remember being a kid and watching this guy and being like, "Is this guy serious or is he joking?" Realizing that he was being 100 percent serious, but also sort of knows that he's being really serious, and just like loving every second of it because he's so just enjoyable and fun to watch every aspect of this character but you know i also agree with rudy wholeheartedly about sean bean and i think the beauty of sean bean being in this movie is he provides the gravity that sort of acts as a ballast to uh nicholas cage's loopiness on the other end i don't think i think if you just have nicholas cage in this going crazy it doesn't hold as well together but you have um you have Sean Bean on the other end, just sort of acting as like an anchor and just tying the whole thing down so that he's like, he's sort of the Pippin to Nicholas Cage's Jordan in this, you know, he is, Ooh. he is the reason that Nicholas Cage can be so great. in this. So you're going to say that the Pippin, the Pippin to Nicholas Cage is Mary. Oh, that Mary too. Pippin. You name any duo, they fit together. And I think, I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves and start talking about National Treasure 2 so deeply, but I, I love National Treasure 2 as well. And I think it works for that same re- reason because you have Ed Harris on the other hand, who in National Treasure 2 does a very similar job to what Sean Bean does in this one as sort of the villain and the counterpoint to uh, Nicolas Cage's chaotic good. And um, yeah, <laughs> I love it so much. But yeah, I think Nicolas Cage, definitely the best part. I think we should... Uh... <laughs> cut what i said earlier about sean which was that he's not that he plays in the non-serious role because sean bean does never he's never played in a goofy role you're exactly right yeah. every single role he's from, always serious he's always yes, serious. from boromir to 
He's. I just saw he's in this going to be in this upcoming Snowpiercer TV drama miniseries, which is actually based on that. <laughs> I was out on that. Sh- I was out on that show before, but now I'm all in. Yeah, buddy. You it's sold like, it on me. That's like one of those wild show- movies we watched in college with uh, Chris Evans, right? Where yeah. he's like on that train, and it's just like train life. Super bizarre. They're eating the grubs. Yeah, but yeah, you're right, Sean. I'm sorry. It's okay, dude. This notably is you what, know to continue you can... the Sean Bean talk. This notably is one of the few movies where Sean Bean does not die. Yeah, he survives. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. He survives. A bit of a, he's alive. Yeah, he's become a little bit of a gimmick where he dies in most of his movies, but this one, he lives, and rightfully so. You couldn't kill off a character as as pure gravity as Sean Bean in this movie. He's just that. If there's one word to describe him, it's just gravity. He holds the whole thing together. Gravity. So that Nicolas Cage can be like spinning out and going crazy around him. And they're perfect <laughs> counterpoints to each other. Perfect counterpoints. I can't emphasize that enough. And then Ian's just in a Canada goose jacket, just chilling. Straight chilling. Well, Ian's Sean Bean, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah we got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. we need to come up with a protocol for whether we're referring to <laughs> characters by their character name or by their actor name. Because I feel like we use them interchangeably. Yeah. It's a little confusing. That's probably. That's... <laughs> Again, to the discussing the backs behind the scenes of the pod while recording the pod. <laughs> Love it. Hey, like we said, loose concept is for the people. We like them to know what's going down, the discussions that we're having about how we can, you know, make this better. Yeah. Shall we move on? So we just, I just <laughs> over uh, effused about <laughs> the best things and my favorite things about this movie. So now we're going to discuss some of the worst things. We're going to start with Sean this time. Sean, what's the worst part of this movie? I think you hinted at it a little bit earlier, maybe. Yeah, I think um, there's some so there's some cheesy lines in here that don't really uh, they don't really last into a, a second watch as an adult, I feel like. Um, I was probably in like fourth, third or fourth grade when I saw this in theaters back in 2004. Um, but now it's like you're watching, you're like, eh, eh, that's a little on the nose. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think maybe if you're if you're showing it to your kids, you're you're able to get through it. But there are just some, just some some weird parts. Um, like uh, give us some examples, because I don't know that I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so like I'm I'm thinking of uh, when um, for the countdown scene, they're they're all doing some research on how to break into the national archives, and instead of doing like some you know simple popcorn for the time time. Uh, on the clock as a countdown, <laughs> they they have Nicolas Cage, aka yeah, exactly, I guess. Um, our character uh, ben, ben Gates. He's he's heating up some just like nasty looking beans in <laughs> in this in this microwave. Some enchiladas. With, some enchiladas without like a covering on it, so just exploding in there. <laughs> And then he's bringing it next to Dude, all of his He's a wild blueprints. man. He lives his life on the edge. That's that's character development. That's what that's called. Mm. It's just... He's only living in the moment. Yeah. He doesn't care if his microwave gets dirty. So, anyway, that's 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 one example. Um, and there's just some other some other parts, but I'll let I'll let the readers kind of be able to find that out. Or the listeners. The readers. You can also you can also read our, <laughs> our, our Instagram posts if you share like comment. yeah we've been re- we've been releasing every podcast transcript on the internet you can go read through the, every word we say it comes out to be memorize a three, them take them to heart 
comes out to be a 300 page book for each podcast believe it or not <laughs> um, yeah i yeah. think what you can buy those 300 pages books for only 40 dollars a piece but wait there's more <laughs> buy two books now and we'll throw in a free book book light shipping and <laughs> Dude, handling on. included it's i, I really want to go to bed <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm hit, hit, hit us with your worst. I'll stay up all night. Part. I'll stay up all night if it means cranking out that content. That's what uh, I like Sean's to hear. goofy comment is Sean's goofy comment is well founded. I think that this is such a great movie. There's so much going on that I that's you know to, to cheer about. But I think um, to me the one part that really bugs me is at the end uh, where they've you know they've realized. Spoiler alert! They've realized their wealth in in finding the treasure. What? They found. Yeah, they find it, and um, spoiler, the national spoiler. treasure they found. The, the international treasure, actually, which <laughs> the world international treasure, right? Because it's smuggled from all different over all over the <laughs> world. Possible name change. Um, Disregard. The part where he's where Riley is driving the Ferrari. And mm. grinds ah. his way to third gear before pulling out of the, you know, mansion driveway that Nicholas Cage bought. Destroys that the gearbox. It just hurts my soul a little bit, and uh, which is a minor thing. Minor thing. Shout out to uh, Greg, a friend of the pot. I probably did that to his uh, his <laughs> Mazda when he's trying to teach me how to how to drive stick. <laughs> then proceeded to drive. Uh, 40 hours across the country by himself and I was just, you know, co-pilot because of that. So I, I can feel for Riley in this situation. <laughs> Greg uh, getting two shout-outs on consecutive weeks. This is a big look for him. Shouts to Greg. He's, he's, he's trending. Still don't want your autograph, Greg. I have no <laughs> desire to have that. That's a callback, folks. That's what they call a callback in the callback. Uh, podcasting industry. Yeah, don't. Miss if you want to find out what we're calling back to, go listen to Loose Concept episode zero zero five, available now for streaming on Apple. Podcasts. Yeah, we're gonna get to three digits. Don't you worry. I was gonna say, do you want to limit us to three digits? Like, what if we get to nine nine nine? Hey, we will cross over. that bridge. That's when we start season two. That's when the intern goes back and adds another zero to all the other episodes. <laughs> No other Start podcast is doing two. 999 episode seasons, but Loose Concept is, baby. <laughs> we are dedicated to the content. Yeah, it. I mean, I I'm right I'm right along there with Rudy. I like was agonizing over trying to find a worse thing that I could bring up on this podcast to to uh, address about this movie, and I I couldn't come up with anything except for. In the very first scene, the throwback scene, um, where they show a young Ben Gates talking to his grandfather about the national treasure, um, John Voigt comes up and he disrupts the conversation. And uh, it's jarring how bad and weird looking his wig <laughs> hair treatment is in that one scene. So you start off the little the whole movie on edge because you just witnessed that catastrophe at the beginning and it it starts you off on uneven footing, but you know, then you see Sean Bean and boom, you're grounded next scene. Yeah. You know? So if I had to pick out a worse thing, that would probably be it. But even that, you know I don't know. I don't know that I could do it. Um let's transition into our next segment. The meat and the the meat and potatoes of the podcast. This is our bread and our butter. It's where we make all the money. This segment right here, we're talking about 
Recast two more. <laughs> insert two more cliches. Yeah, two, two more. Uh, yeah, cliches for what? You know, it's the glue. These. This is the glue guy of the podcast. This segment right here. Recasting a role. This is the segment where we all play executive producer and get to to uh, veto a casting and say, you know what, we're gonna swap someone else in for that role. And uh, we're gonna start this segment off with Rudy. Rudy, what do you got for uh, swapping out an actor in this movie? Are you swapping anybody out? Yeah, this was another one that I kind of uh, wrestled with for quite a while, just because I love this movie. This is an awesome movie. I, you know, I was you can't move. You're not touching Nick Cage. You're not touching Sean Bean. You know, his mm. uh, Sean Bean's uh, henchmen are all kind of faceless, and they don't really have any really major parts. So I feel like you know a swap there is not going to do much. And then you know, basically, then it kind of puts you down to John Voight, who I thought did an okay job. Uh, Riley. Or or what's the uh, the love interest name again? Abigail Chase. Abigail Chase, yeah, Mrs. Abigail Chase, who I thought she did a good job. Um, I think Riley is the one where, if you're gonna want to make this go in a little bit of a different direction, swap him out. And (laughs) you guys, I think I don't know. It may just because it's late, but uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking you swap him out. I'm ready. For Newman from Seinfeld, Wayne Knight. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Elijah, you've fallen off your chair. Are you okay? Is your neck okay? <laughs> Someone call the paramedics. Hello, Riley. Hello, Riley. I didn't, I didn't know that uh, that National Treasure needed Newman in it until I just could now. see you know him being like just super goofy. Newman. He also has like a nerdy side, like he could play that nerdy side, like in uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park. He played the uh, like the tech who was kind of a slob. Yeah, you just make him like super goofy and you know a little less serious. Yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. I think this is a very honestly. I think it's a very different movie if he's in. I think that takes it too far. And he would throw the planets out of alignment. Not even Sean Bean could pull it back together. I don't even think Sean Bean would sign up for this movie if that happened. I think you have Wayne Knight and Nick Cage in the same movie. It's like a supernova. (laughs) (laughs) Just two dudes that are doing way too much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, bad. yeah, I mean I yeah, I'm not definitely not the biggest uh Justin Bartha fan, but yeah, he he's fine. He's fine. He he did his job. Yeah. Sean, who are you uh do you have any idea for a swap out? Yeah, so you know, I um I'm a big or recast fan of, a role as the segment. I'm a big is called. fan of uh, you know making uh resources a little bit more efficient. So I'm getting rid of John Voight as Patrick Gates. And I'm just, I'm just having Christopher Plummer stay on set for maybe two or three extra days to film some extra scenes. Um, he played, uh, the grandfather, um, of that beginning scene. And I just, I would, I would just use Chris Plummer. I mean, I think he's a superior actor. Um, I think John Voight, I respect, but I think in this movie, he just plays like a little bit of a, um, just nutty and goofy guy um, who feels like he has everything together, but um, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not a big fan. I feel like it's one of the the weaknesses in the movie. Is just any scene with him. Mm. I'm just sort of a little bit 
on edge with the cringe a little bit. The thing is, you need you need John Voight as a bridging gap between Christopher Plummer and Nick Cage because you can't just go and say like Christopher Plummer. Talk about like gravity as an actor. You can't you can't go from Christopher Plummer to Nick Cage. There's too big of a jump. <laughs> but I think having John Voight in there is the perfect like. He's not as like bananas You're saying in the cage. in the lineage of their of their family. Yeah, yeah. You can see the progression of, you know, <laughs> just absolute wild man coming through the, the genes there. <laughs> the progression of But maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> the progression of wild man. Um, but yeah, that that'd be my that'd be my play. For my recast, I'm going to go with I'm pulling out Harvey Keitel as the FBI director. I think he's fine. I think, I mean, I think for the most part, the movie is pretty perfect. And I think, honestly, I think Harvey Keitel is, you know, he's fine. He's okay, you know. He's decent. He's a little, yeah, you know, it's not, I don't love him, but I don't, I don't hate him. He he gets the job done. He just seems a little too, uh, he's overacting the role. I think he's underacting the role. I think he's he's oh. you like you get the vibe that this is like what Harvey just Keitel, so nonchalant. Yeah, this is what he looks like like on a day to day basis. Which, this is him know, on a, on a Tuesday it. afternoon. Yeah, I just I just feel like you could you could put someone else in that role that you know could do similar things. So I'm swapping him out for I want to see Nick Nolte in this movie. Make Ooh. it happen. I think he could have done it. <clears throat> it's not crazy. It's not anything too out of the box because this is a very, this is like a finely cooked casserole. Exactly. All the the elements are in balance. Everything is perfectly aligned. You don't want to mess with it too much. There could be a little too much hot sauce in it otherwise. But uh, yeah, I think Nick Nolte could play that role. And I think he could, he could still have that sort of, you know, wise father figure, you know, look kids, someone's got to go to jail vibe. But at the same time, you know, just think he, he he would hold down like a FBI director vibe a little more. Harvey Keitel puts off like 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 you know sleazy guy in the mob vibes, and I, I just don't think you need that. Uh, see, I don't. Uh, okay, I, I see what you're I see where you're coming from. I just think that he, I actually really liked his character. I thought he uh, was kind of like one of the more underrated parts of the movie, just because. He doesn't have a lot of scenes, but there's always this like behind the scenes mystery going on where he kind of is rooting for Nick Cage to find the treasure and That's you know, true. answer the answer the questions and so I, yeah. I you know, keep his character, change the actor, I could see that, but I just thought the the character is super important. Now and, that uh, I'm yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, you're talking me back into it. He should he does do an excellent job of like you're saying, he treads that line between he's trying to catch him but he's also rooting for him sort of a vibe but so i, I yeah you, you changed my mind i can't recast anybody wow. they're all perfect somebody's got to go to prison re- though gate ben yes yeah, somebody's got to recast <laughs> ben he says that <laughs> somebody's got to be recast he says, he says that somebody's got to go to prison line it feels like he says it like seven times i feel like every scene he's in he's like at the end of the scene it's like yeah but somebody's got to go to prison, prison. <laughs> and then it switches to the next scene yeah. Then and the next time he's there, you have a whole scene, and at the end, someone's got to go to prison. 
He's just obsessed with putting people in prison. What's up with that? He's the he's the sheriff Joe Arpaio of uh, National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> just Shout something to think about. Um, a little history of loose concept. In the initial stages of this pod, we had a segment. It was a very notable segment. Um, we thought it was clever. Some it was working, but then we we started. We decided we wanted to start this pod off with our feet firmly on the ground and get looser as time went on, rather than start too loose. But this is one of our loose, looser segment ideas. <laughs> this idea is: if you had to play a character from the movie in a game of one v one basketball, who are you taking on? And Sean, mm-hmm. you specifically asked to bring back this segment for for this movie, so you I could talk about playing it. a very specific character in one v one basketball. Take it away, Sean. Dude, I... Now, if you've just recently watched the movie, you'll probably remember this character. If it's been it's been a while, you'll probably forget him because he's such a loser in the movie. Um, but <laughs> I'm playing 1v1 against Stan. Um, Stan! Sort of, sort of the creep at the Stan. National Archives um, that has That's his eye dive. On, on, uh, on my crush, Abigail Chase, back in uh, when I watched this movie. <laughs> First, um, you know, it, it it just proves that when she gets the pin, she goes, is it from Stan? You know, like she 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 knows what Stan's <laughs> up to. And I would just t- I would humiliate that guy in the court and make him just go crying and probably ha- end up in the hospital or something. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Stan down. Stan's, ca- Stan's catching a big, fat, juicy L from Sean yeah. in 1v1 basketball. <laughs> It's 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 gonna happen, you know. I'll I'll take you I'll take you now, Stan. What's your strategy for destroying Stan? You just taking him in the post? You dropping threes well, see, on his he's, head? Dunking he's pro- on him? He's probably just got that old man like kind of uh, vibe where he's he's expecting me to take him in the post, but I'm just I'm playing wing mm. all day on him, just shooting threes, Steph Curry mm. style, in his Steph eyes, <laughs> hitting him with the shimmy shake, shimmy shake, dude, all day. It's all for Abigail Chase. You're gonna win her. Then I'll keep him honest and and just do a do a James Harden drive here here um, once in a while, and just (laughs) it's over in like ten minutes. I I don't even break a sweat. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, So. uh, Rudy, we we sprung the reemergence of this segment on you. You were not aware of this this happening, but do you have anybody (laughs) from this movie you'd like to play in one v one basketball? Well, you know, I I feel proud of Sean for going for the noble approach to kind of, you know, <laughs> impress a girl <laughs> by beating a guy. I'm more of just like a win at all costs, so I'm just going to pick the worst player I can think of, which is probably Riley. I'm, I'm really targeting him uh, <laughs> this episode, but I think that, you know, he'd be an easy win. He's got short little arms. Um, mm. and Facts. Yeah, Facts. I'm very good at basketball, like so that. I'd be... Want to, want to go for the shortest guy I can. That, okay, give yourself a little credit. You're good. You're way better than I am at basketball. Sean's <laughs> uh, definitely the best. If we, could, if we could give the audience an inside look, Sean is like yeah, elite. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. He's got the biggest frame. Thanks, guys. He just plays bully ball on all, all of us weaklings. Yeah, he's got he that bullies shot, us too. Then, he's got that pull away. Yeah, the smooth stroke on the outside. Keeps you honest. Keep the defense Appreciate honest. Appreciate it, guys. I'll be uploading some video to Hoop Mixtape in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's uploading his mixtape. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Harvey Keitel. We're going one v one. I think I I might get wrecked. Yeah. He might be. He might 
he sort of gives off the vibe that he would have some nice handles. But uh, at the same time, he's an old dude, and I think I could be an old dude in basketball. And I, uh, the only downside is he might want to put me in prison afterward. But you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, that was a quick little detour into a bonus segment for you. And we may bring that back on future episodes. We may not, depending on we'll what the use focus it. groups. And, yeah. Yeah, we got to see how they, the focus groups felt about that one, but we'll see. Moving on right along to uh, our old, another old standby, another piece of bread and butter, another baked potato with meat. We've got <laughs> cut a scene, add a scene. This is the cor- this is the some say this is the cornerstone segment of the podcast. This is where we cut a scene and then because we cut a scene, we add another scene in. Wait, what do we do again? Uh, it's very complex, Rudy. Let me break it down for you. You take a scene, you oh, cut okay. it out of the movie, yes, and you yes. make up another scene and you put it in the gotcha. movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that I remember now. Okay. It's groundbreaking. No one else has ever thought of a segment like this one before. Yeah. We're getting close to tomorrow, guys. Just thought I'd let you know we're almost in tomorrow. Um, okay, cut okay. a scene. I'm cutting the scene where right after um, it's like a I can't I can't even really describe it totally perfect, but it's where uh, Riley and Abigail are separated from uh, Ben, and they're like they've made a deal with. Uh, Ian and they're like trying to call Ben to say like oh we're gonna get the Declaration of Independence back but we're yeah you know it was just like a, this kind of like pointless scene I, th- I felt where it was just like dead time and an otherwise like really fast-paced movie that the music's always jamming like it's one of the one scenes where the music's just like there's no music going on it's just like yeah the sounds of the street and her on the phone yeah, cutting that out fair. and uh what I'm adding is I want to see those Benjamins, not not Benjamin Gates. I want to see how much money each of those items are worth. I want to see a couple auctions. I want to see, you know, I want to see that final number. Antique like, Roadshow. $100 billion, you know, because like, like you get a little bit of a peek at the end when it's I like, oh, it. they offered you 10% and you took 1% or 0.1% and like you still live in, live in life large. Uh, that's what I want to say. You just want to see Ben Gates in the club getting bottle service. Big time. Big time. Everywhere. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel it. I dig yeah. that. I dig that very good. much. Sean, what are you uh, cutting and adding? So I'm cutting. Um, there's a sort of a 20-minute. I timed a 20-minute section that, that we've referenced before where Harvey Keitel is arresting um, Ben Gates and then he then escapes and it's about a 20 minute segment from him getting arrested to him getting back to the exact same point that he was at before they arrested him. And I just feel like it was a little <laughs> unneeded. Um, it, it was cool doing, you know, the um, battleship or aircraft carrier um, scene where he kind of jumps off, but I feel like it was, a, it was just a kind of a drain of 20 minutes. Um, so I'm cutting that out. Um, and then I'm, I'm replacing that 20 minutes. So that beginning scene, that's like three or four minutes where we have uh, the grandfather explaining to a young Ben Gates um, yeah, sort of the history. But it wasn't really, it didn't really sell me on that this guy would dedicate his whole life just from like a, almost a bedtime story. So I want to see mm-hmm. that progression of that initial story and then some, some pieces here and there while they're... Uh, Mm. Well, they're taking the stakes higher. Like, um, I feel like 
in, inserting a, a part um, right when they're about to make the decision to steal the Declaration of Independence. Um, so anyway, I would add some more of those scenes. Get some more uh, depth. Facts. That So I actually had that same. Those were my, that was what I was going to add. That same exact thing. Um, I think you could be- definitely benefit from more Christopher Plummer. Could benefit from more historic flashbacks. Give me a scene with George Washington in it. Give me a scene with Ooh. Ulysses S. Grant protecting the treasure in it. Give me some yes. just like through history. Give me Richard Nixon or JFK, whoever you want to have. Let's like make this a more historical thing. Some more Reagan. some more historical flashbacks and more Christopher Plummer. Um, that's what I'm adding in. But what I'm cutting is. I'm cutting that entire. So when they get down into the big tunnel going into the earth, um, first they get there with Sean Bean and like, oh, the treasure's not here. So you're let down there. And then they get into the second room. You're let down again. And then when they finally get into the third room and the treasure's there. You're like, oh, finally. So I'm cutting out that middle room scene. I feel like that's totally unnecessary. Just like get there. The treasure's not there. Tell Sean Bean to leave. Then find the real treasure. There's just like too much. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It gets you yeah, every time, doesn't it? Pointless. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Just get to the treasure. I'm trying to see treasure. You know? <laughs> Whole movie hypes you up for treasure, and then he makes you wait for it. I respect <laughs> it, but I don't like it. I feel like yeah. the treasure could have been a little bit more, like... I guess it was, like, true to form. Like, the, like it's, it's kind of funny, because the movie is so goofy in so many ways, but, like, serious in so many other ways. So, like, <laughs> I, could, I very well could have expected him to, like, open it up. It's just, like... Lord of the Rings as gold. gold coins, just like filling the whole room. <laughs> yeah, I like the way they did just it. Just chilling on the stacks of gold coins. <laughs> That'd be good. No, you're right. They could have used some piles of gold coins. I, I agree. That's valid. <laughs> any any uh, miscellaneous questions you guys have about this movie or the production of it or anything like that? I'm gonna bring up a little uh, point to um, Patrick Gates. I believe his name is John Voight's character. And when they go to his house for sort of refuge, um, when they steal the Declaration of Independence, um, my man yes. Patrick Gates, number one, is chowing down on a, a, a delivery pizza and just a, a straight bottle of wine. I don't know if he ordered that for them or if he's just chilling <laughs> in his robe with it. Um, That's he's how doing he's that. Bachelor style, baby. It's sort of like quarantine lifestyle. But then. The, the kind of goofy part is he has nine, I counted them, nine lemons in his refrigerator, <laughs> just on hand, just just chilling in there in a bowl. He's got nine lemons. so He likes just, making margs. You never, you never know when he may have to break, bring out some invisible ink. Yeah. I'll be ready. So anyway, just thought that was a funny, funny yeah. uh, scene. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so, so number one question, what the heck was John Voight doing with so many lemons? Yeah. yeah. I think Elijah touched on it too. The uh, the wardrobe that Nick Nick Cage rocks in this movie oh, yeah. is just incredible. How, how, like how can we go, forget? They go to the they go to the uh, FBI and they're going around to the CIA and all the agencies trying to convince someone that their the Declaration <laughs> of Independence is going to be stolen. And they cut to the scene where he's walking out and he's wearing the like, outfit he chooses faded, to wear. He's wearing faded dad jeans and he's wearing like this. <laughs> Acid this, wash, baby. This his collared shirt with the collar outside of the jacket that he's wearing, the blazer so that he's wearing. Crazy. So it's just like it's like flown in the, the wind. goofiest freaking outfit I've ever seen. It is incredible. He and looks for some glorious. reason Abigail Chase, you know, she she vibes with that. But 
Yeah, and it's like it's like a perfect outfit because it's like just like the movie in that the outfit is goofy but like serious. <laughs> like it could be serious oh, yeah. if you just changed a couple things. It's interesting because the rest of the movie he's wearing like pretty you know stylish stylish you know clothes. He's or at least at the very least they're very time. like muted and toned down. You know he's 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 you know once they go to the store and they're at the Urban Outfitters or whatever having their discussion in the changing room or whatever. He the outfit he picks out there is very like cool and like muted and very like you know classic looking. But for some reason, when he's going to meet with the FBI bigwigs and the the NSA and whoever it may be that he's meeting with, he picks the outfit he chooses to wear is you know that same outfit that a guy in a casino in Vegas at three in the morning would be wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Gigantic collar, like Rudy's saying, the acid wash dad jeans. Just He's spending a hundred dollars on the slots. Yeah, He's there for the wings. Yeah, that's a flex. I think I just figured out my Halloween costume for next year. Ooh, perfect. Electric. Um, electric. Also, I'd like to talk about something that I just looked at. That's not directly related to this movie, but there there are talks of a National Treasure three in the works. Oh boy, are there talks? Have you heard about that? Yeah, I think they announced it. It's going to be directed by the guy who wrote the most the reboot of Bad Boys, or not the reboot, but the sequel, this most recent sequel, Bad Boys for Life, or something like that. Shoot, is that a good thing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't see it. Not very up with the Bad Boys franchise, but uh, I mean, they have I'm just to happy get they're Nicholas making Cage, one. Right? Yeah. I think any movie, any National Treasure with Nicolas Cage, you can't really go wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping and praying they do something with the aliens after uh, National oh, Treasure. Yes. National Treasure Two teased it a bit. I wouldn't hate to see aliens in a National Treasure, but I mean, at this point, I'd be, I'd take literally anything I could get from the <laughs> National Treasure franchise. I just and, saw also a trivia that said Disney had registered the domain National Treasure Four. So it might be a fourth one. Let's go. Make it make as many national treasures as possible. I'm in the theater for all of them. Take my money now. (laughs) Movie pass, whatever it is. Uh. Of one uh just a couple little trivia things I noted before we before we wrap up. Just getting a little long, but these are too good to pass up. So long this is such a long podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I could talk about national treasure for 10 hours, but we won't. This is not going to go on that long. But anyway, speaking of long things, the initial cut for National Treasures was almost four hours long. Can you imagine? There are like two additional hours to this movie. I needed that. What they have in this movie? I'd be down. I wouldn't say no. This would be like, you know when you're a kid and we still had those VHS tapes everywhere and some movies had two VHS tapes because they were so long? Can you imagine if National Treasure was on two VHS tapes? It would be incredible. Yes. There was like an intermission in between. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You pull out the one. for a little bit. Get some water. Yeah. And sit down for part two. I love it. Disney, I know you're listening to this pod. You cowards. Make National Treasure 3 four hours long. Do it. You won't. Yes, I feel like you need to work on your uh, negotiation skills, Elijah. We, <laughs> you really go guns blazing every time. You gotta Disney. You gotta shame, Disney. Shame them into doing it, Mister Bob Iger. If you don't mind, we would be very <laughs> happy to see a National Treasure four be four hours long. 
Um, we're willing to contribute all 100% of the current proceeds of this podcast That's to right. the creation <laughs> Reach of out to movie. the boys for funding. We will give you the money. Yep. We're all very wealthy. We'll, we'll give you our stimulus check. Last, last little note, little fun note. If you noticed on the any screen, any time where they're using the computers for research, looking up anything, the good guys always use Google as a search engine, but the bad guys always use Yahoo as their search engine. <laughs> that's funny. So if that's not excellent product placement, I don't know Dude. what is. That's it's subtle, it's clean, but it's also you know you know at the time Google and Yahoo were probably you know neck and neck. Obviously now Google is just blown Yahoo out of the water. But at the time, it was probably a lot closer. And you know that in the marketing department, the Yahoo guys saw this one, and they're like, ooh, that was good. That was good. That's like a uh, respectful, respectful yeah. hate. Yeah. If, you look at a, if you look at a diagram of where Yahoo and Google, uh, how they trend after this movie was produced, <laughs> it's just this one's was, going north, one's going south. Oh my, oh my. This is what did it. It finally put the nail in the coffin for Yahoo. Got to respect it. Got to respect, respect the national the biz, treasure yeah. and the national treasure difference. All right, I think we've talked about it enough. We won't bore the people any longer. But though, as I said, I could go on for days about national treasure. The final question, the most important question of all, is this movie in your top twenty? We're gonna start with Sean. Sean, top twenty or not? It is not in my top it's twenty. In my top fifty. <gasps> How? Do we still Damn. have Elijah? I'm sorry. He died sorry. for the se- second time. This I st- still haven't still haven't recovered from the the Wayne Knight recap. Or it's, a, it's, a, it's a nine out of ten though. It's a good. It's a solid movie. How can so it be a nine out of accepting? ten and not be in your yeah. top twenty? You're only Dude. accepting ten out of tens right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm only accepting. Dude, we need to talk, Fine. Sean. <laughs> Whatever. Rudy, is it in your top twenty? Hundred thousand percent. Why even yes, ask? Of course. This is the first one that we can say for sure is in your top twenty. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I love it. Love to hear it. It's How in mine you? too. This is the first. Yeah. This is the first movie we've done that has been in my top twenty, and uh, it is. It, not only is it in my top twenty, it is high up in my top twenty. Wow. It is close. It, it, it's a top tier. Of the top twenty, that is how much I love National Treasure. <laughs> I will, I'll go like a few years without watching it, and I'll come back to it, and it is just, just as good as I remembered it. It lives up to all the hype. I love I it. I agree, it's perfect. So this has been our, uh, our uh, National Treasure podcast. Thank you for listening to all four hours of it. We tried to make it that long in honor of the initial cut of National Treasure. <laughs> Rip in peace to the, the, the original cut. Um, we're, so we're going to start, be, now that we're six episodes in, you know, we're feeling good. We feel like we're in a groove. We've hit our stride a little bit. The, the critics are giving us rave reviews on the internet, Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, Spin, Paste, you know, all the reviewing places, USA Today, you name them. They're saying this is the best podcast on the internet or the loosest podcast on the internet, I should say. And uh, so we're going to mix, we're gonna, even though we're at the top of our games, we still like to play with the formula. We like to mix it up a little bit. So we're going to be doing something a little special for the month of May. I'm going to let Rudy introduce it. Rudy, oh, what's the plan? How kind of you. Yeah. So uh, Sean had this great idea to do the magnificent <laughs> Marvel movie May. 
where in the month of May, we're going to do four episodes, each of which... No, it, was the, it was the magnificent, magical May of Marvel movies. No, this is totally the magnificent, idea. M- magical May me, of Marvel movies. Star Wars movies. Yes, magnificent, magnificent, magical May of Marvel movies. Uh, Got it. I'll, I'll show you the text. It'll be in the show. This notes. is gonna be. This is gonna be a T-shirt as well. Four <laughs> Marvel movies in four weeks, um, and we're gonna start with. We're gonna start at the beginning with it the all original Iron Man, and uh, of course, you know they're older Marvel movies, but this is the. Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr., the great rejuvenation, the phoenix rising out of the ashes, mm-hmm. Iron Man 1. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So next week, everybody, watch Iron Man 1. Get in get in the mindset. Get your game faces on for next week's podcast. We're going to be talking about that. We may, even in the month of May, be having our first upcoming guest on the pod guest appearance but uh, i'm not gonna tease too much so just yeah don't get too excited because it's nobody famous (laughs) (laughs) it is somebody extremely famous we only pull famous people to be on this pod um that's all we got everybody thanks for listening uh we're gonna go rudy's gonna go to bed and sean and i are gonna go steal the declaration of independence so you know what this has been another episode of loose concept Signing off, everybody. Take it easy. Have a good night. And most of all, remember to keep it loose. Keep it loose. Keep it conceptual. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? Don't remember. See if he starts shooting. Hey, I, I have an idea. How about we get back to the important topics, like the fact that I almost had my face cut off by a Decepticon. As a taxpayer, I would have lodged a complaint, as a matter of fact. You look gorgeous. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life... Uh, finds a way.